I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. It's easy and totally free. Use code BUCK in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We have got a loaded Thursday edition of the program for all of you. Miranda Devine going to join us here in the first hour to talk about Secret airlifts of illegal immigrants rolling into the United States in the second hour. Uh, sorry, third hour. Jedediah Bila. Jedediah Bila. Man, I'm Jedediah Bila. God, I have. That's like one of the most complicated uh, cool. names I, out there. I've, I've only known her ten years, so I've had to get her name right over the years. But it is hard. I agree. And I'm probably going to screw this one up too, just right off the top. Raheem Kassam. Did I get that right? You nailed that one. All right. And he's a fancy British guy, so you got to get his name right. All right, so all of those are our guests. Uh, In the near future, Joe Biden is going to be appearing in the White House with Stephen Breyer to announce that Stephen Breyer is stepping down, presumably, although it hasn't been officially, officially announced, at the end of this term in the Supreme Court, which will end at the end of June, right as summer officially begins. So uh, there will be a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing, and there will be a nominee coming forward soon. This news broke yesterday, and Buck and I discussed the political ramifications of it. But as I think more and more about this situation, and I know the same is true for you, Buck, as I look at all of the finalists, and as I have since heard re-echoed, The campaign promise that Joe Biden made that he would put a black woman on the Supreme Court if he had an opportunity to do so. Jen Psaki yesterday in the White House confirmed 
that Joe Biden is going to put a black woman on the Supreme Court. Here is what she said in response to a question about the potential opening. This was yesterday. I've commented on this previously. The president has uh, stated and reiterated his commitment to nominating a black woman to the Supreme Court and certainly uh, stands by that. Um, For today, again, uh, I'm just not going to uh, be able to say anything about uh, any specifics until, of course, uh, Justice Breyer makes any uh, announcement should he decide to make an announcement. So, Buck, here's what jumps out to me about this, and this is me putting my lawyer hat on. If you are a lawyer, theoretically, the highest office to which you can aspire is to be sitting on the Supreme Court. I understand maybe some people want to be the attorney general, but if you want to have a public-facing job, the Supreme Court, one of those nine seats, is the highest level of acumen in the legal profession that you could aspire to. What Joe Biden is doing here is truly unprecedented in a post-civil rights era in the modern era that most of us have grown up in and lived in in the United States. He is saying explicitly, I am not going to consider 94% of the American public for this job. He is specifically saying that the 6% of the population that is black women and much smaller percentage of those black women that are theoretically have legal and judicial experience are the entire list from which he will be picking his Supreme Court nominee. I think, first of all, this is everything that's wrong with the idea of affirmative action, of diversity and inclusion, of the entire process of selecting people for office, primarily for a couple of reasons here, and then I want to get what you think, Buck. First, whoever Biden selects now is going to be seen as a quota selection. That's unfair to her. Because there are likely 25, 30, 45, 50 people. We know a list is substantial of people who would be eligible to be the next Supreme Court justice. Some of those people would be black women. If your list is from across the entire landscape of judicial potential nominees, then people don't look at it and say, oh, the only reason you got this job is because you're a black woman. The way that uh, Joe Biden, Buck, has made this selection makes it such that most people are going to say that. Second, we have coming up soon a Supreme Court case dealing with the University of North Carolina and Harvard, primarily focused on Asian applicants, that is going to say, I believe, the use of race to make decisions as it pertains to college admissions is wrong. Here we have a clear quota being applied by Joe Biden. This is wrong. You may have Joe Biden's one and only appointment to the Supreme Court on unconstitutional and illegal, illegal principles, really. And when you think about it, especially if the Supreme Court ruling is, as I think you are correct, that you can't actually make distinctions about race in admissions, in hiring, in any of these things. The the whole system and anybody who's gone to to college in the last, well, probably the last 30 or 40 years, but certainly the last 20 years has seen the way this is applied, uh, is premised upon essentially dishonesty, right? The dishonesty, and this is what goes to the heart of the Harvard case, is we have this holistic admissions process. We look at all these different factors, but that's actually not true. That's just the lie. It's kind of like saying when people are applying for you know a country club, And everyone says, well, hold on a second. You don't allow people of this religion or this race in your country club. They say, oh, but there are so many factors. We're not discriminating against people. 
Well, hold on a second. Are, are you or are you not? Right. I mean, you can pretend that it's all so vague and complicated. But what's the end result? The end result at places like Harvard and name an elite school across the country is that there are some people of certain racial backgrounds who get a substantial advantage. And this is proven in the numbers based upon skin color, flatly not equal protection under the law, unconstitutional. And even the Supreme Court decision that you mentioned yesterday, Grutter v. Bollinger, I think it was Sandra Day O'Connor, right? That we won't need this in 25 years. Or was yeah, it that's what she said. Yeah, that's absurd. Think about a constitutional right where the Supreme Court declares there's an expiration date and on, <laughs> which is exactly what they did. It's and true. on, and that's just policy from the bench. That's just legislating from the bench on the notion of Biden announcing this, you know, I actually, it, it took a little bit of processing. When, when, remember, we broke this on the air together, Clay, and then I went almost, hold on a second. How is this, if Biden said, if he went on TV and he said, hey, you know, I've got this great property in Delaware, I'm only going to rent it out to Asian Americans because I'm, I'm upset about, you know, AAPI uh, discrimination or whatever, right? People would say, you can't do that. That's illegal. If he said, I'm only going to hire, if you were running a company, you said, I'm only going to hire a you know, an Asian female CEO, because I want to make a people would say that's clearly discrimination and illegal. So what's the way that they actually go about this? They say, well, we're not going to make it that explicit. We're going to have a stealth quota is what I call it. Clay, we all see what's going on here. And you're totally right, by the way, it undermines because obviously there are brilliant black female jurists who could completely take this role, take this job. But why create this perception that they essentially got and affirmative action uh, assistance in the process, right? It's because it's an explicit quid pro quo for Biden politically. He's undercutting the legitimacy of his own pick by saying, I'm only going to consider people of this particular race and this particular gender. And I went to a fairly high-end law school. I graduated from Vanderbilt, you know, top 15, top 20 law school. And what I found interesting when I was there, Buck, and I graduated, what, 2004, so it's been over 20 years ago. But as I said yesterday, those uh, affirmative action cases came down while I was a student at Vanderbilt Law School, is Vanderbilt Law School is an incredibly diverse place, such that when we would do our on-campus interviews, I remember a lot of the people that would interview uh, it was not surprising. High-end lawyers at that time, a lot of old white guys, right? They would come in. They had these little rooms. You would go in. And I remember there being conversations about in those firms, they would say, oh, we need a lot more female attorneys. And what I found to be so interesting, and this is my generation, there were more women in my law school class at Vanderbilt than there were men. That was a seismic shift in terms of the legal profession. I believe that is consistent now across all of uh, all of the uh, legal profession, right, in terms of law schools. I think more women go to law school now than men, and women are graduating. I think we talked about this on the show a while back, Buck, at a rate around 60% of all college degrees now are being earned by women in the United States. Men have fallen down to around 40%. Those numbers are roughly accurate. What I'm getting at is the idea that you would have to establish a quota based on this generation, and I'm counting myself at 42 as a generation that would include people up to the ages of you know, 52, 55, places like that where the Supreme Court era is being considered, is totally without merit to say you have to only pick someone based on their race and gender because, as you said, there are many black women who are eminently qualified to sit on the Supreme Court. You are essentially saying that they aren't 
able to compete with other jurists when you say, I'm only going to pick a black woman. You're not allowing them to compete head-to-head with all the other people of different races and genders out there. This is what Clarence Thomas has referred to, including in his own autobiography. And uh, Clarence Thomas refers to how the left actually undermines a lot of high-achieving minorities with their uh, with their political pandering and with their desire to pat themselves, meaning white liberals, on the back for, oh, look at us, we're so good, we're pushing for more diversity and inclusion all the time. So that's that's one issue with this. And then also, in the context of how it's playing out in the courts, it is fascinating, by the way, because I do think you're going to have someone who was appointed for the expli- you know with the explicit promise of their skin color must be a certain thing their gender must be a certain thing and then it's likely the supreme court will soon thereafter by a 6-3 or maybe a 5-4 decision say you can't do that that's actually that's actually unconstitutional beyond that though h- how do you explain i mean I-, I went to a scholarship school here in new york city clay uh, yep. where everybody wanted a full ride in high school. It's a unique place. Don't hate it because of Fauci, everybody. There's good things going on there nonetheless. And because he's he's an alumni, he he's whatever. And the, the reality of the student body there was you had a lot of first-generation immigrants. And I just know because I had classmates who were brilliant who were first-generation Vietnamese immigrants, first-generation, we had a lot of Korean immigrants. Why is it that when they're applying to colleges, their parents speak no English, they come here with nothing in their pockets, they're told... You get you get lesser treatment by the Harvard admissions office than the son of the you know ambassador of uh, Botswana to the United States who gets chauffeured to to school every day in a Rolls Royce. Like, how does that that is the reality of the modern admission system, because that individual, again, assuming we're talking about somebody who's who's black, that individual um, is given the equivalent of two or three hundred points on the SAT, the Asian applicant, Asian-American applicant, has about a 150-point reduction. It's gross. And and we need to talk about this more in the context of the UNC and Harvard decision that's going to be before the Supreme Court. But, again, the, the element here that I think is so wildly worthy of discussion is how much, and I don't know how much the left wing is even going to touch this, but how much Joe Biden is delegitimizing his own selection by already having said, I'm only going to consider 6% of the American population. When you say 94% of Americans, that's everyone who is not a black woman, is not eligible to be my nominee, how is it, Buck, that in any way this person, whoever they may be, is going to be given a fair shake here because a huge percentage of the American population is going to look at that selection and say, the only reason you were picked is because you're a black woman, because Joe Biden specifically said he would only pick a black woman. That's why quotas are so uh, so rejected under constitutional law, because of all the delegitimizing factors associated with quotas. And I got to say, John Roberts got this 100% right back in 2003 or four or whatever it was when he said the way to stop discriminating on race is to stop discriminating on the basis of race. I think it was Alito who had a line about, I don't think it was Scalia, but again, correct me, Clay, if I'm wrong on this one, that what we're talking about now is a racial entitlement state. The left has created a that was the, that was a line from one of the Supreme Court justices in a decision on this matter. We have a racial entitlement state where some groups are given elevation at the expense of other groups because of what they historical oppression or representation or whatever the case may be. That is flatly unconstitutional. 
not only that, to your point earlier, it also presumes that that person is not able to have success on their own. It undercuts the entire element of the meritocracy. And there are certainly many people who prove that the meritocracy works of all different races every single day. As I've said on this show for a long time, the highest earning people in America today are Asian men. If this were a fundamentally white supremacist country, that would be impossible. Contending with pain, no easy matter. There's no one solution that works for everyone. That's why there are aisles and aisles of remedies and drugstores. There's one product we're hearing a lot of great reviews on, though, and that's Relief Factor. Created by doctors, perfected over 15 years of scientific research, Relief Factor, 100% drug-free product made for you. Our friends at Relief Factor have developed a three-week quick start. You take Relief Factor three times a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Three weeks, you'll know if it works for you. Hundreds of thousands of people have tried. 70% of them have gone on to order more. Seven out of 10 people say it works for them. Why wouldn't you try out Relief Factor? Buck, how do you do it? So easy. Join the more than half a million people and order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to get the $19.95 three-week quick start developed for you. Again, go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Relief Factor, feel the difference. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. 
Pure Talk, the cell phone company we both rely on, is further investing in their customers without charging an extra penny. Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in more than 50 countries, too. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We've got a lot going on. Uh, Supreme Court uh, going to be filled now that Justice Breyer is appearing here momentarily in the White House. But yesterday there was also a discussion about the way that uh, illegal immigrants are being resettled and repatriated in some ways in the United States. And Jen Psaki was asked about that. We're about to talk with Miranda Devine, who had a fantastic article about that in the New York Post. Uh, but first, here was Jen Psaki being asked by Peter Ducey about that yesterday. Why is the administration flying thousands of migrants from the border to Florida and New York in the middle of the night? Well, I'm not sure that it's in the middle of the night, but let me tell you what's happening here. Um, it is our 429 a.m. Well, very he, early in the morning. Here we are talking gone. about early flights earlier than you might like to take a flight. It is our legal responsibility to safely care for unaccompanied children until they swiftly can be swiftly unified with a parent or a vetted sponsor. And that's something we take seriously. We have a moral, a right obligation to do that and deliver on that. That was actually from October. Uh, and they, they tried to cash it as this is just people being reconnected with their families. Well, Miranda, you've had some video. You wrote an article what is actually going on? What should people know about the Biden administration and what they're doing with these illegal immigrants? Hi, Clay and Buck. Um, thanks for having me on. Look, last October, that was uh, our story, the New York Post. We went out to White Plains Airport. We got a tip-off saying that there were these secret flights coming in at 2, 3 in the morning and uh, that they were disgorging uh, a whole bunch of illegal migrants who were then being bussed around the tri-state area. So we followed a few of those buses. We watched uh, some of these migrants being dumped uh, at a rest stop at the, on the New Jersey Turnpike and then cars would come up and so-called sponsors or so-called family members would pick up these so-called children. We don't have their birth certificate, but looking at them, a big proportion of them, to my eyes and to my photographer's eyes, looked like adult males. Uh, the others, maybe, you know, 16, 19-year-olds. Um, so these, these, the, the federal government is basically orchestrating under the nose of the American public, this mass movement, this mass transportation of illegal migrants from the southern border as fast as they can into unsuspecting communities all over the country. It's not just New York. It's California. It's Louisiana. Um, we've got, uh, we've traced on Flight Radar 24 a number of charter flights, these same aircraft, the same four or five charter companies that are making hundreds of millions of dollars from the taxpayer for doing this secret business. And 
what we have, what the new uh, material that I have in my column today is a, a, a body cam footage, about an hour of it, from a Westchester County cop who was doing his job last August when these flights first started coming into Westchester. He went out there. He knew that the airport is supposed to be closed and under curfew from midnight. And he wanted to know why there was a plane, a Boeing 737 had landed, what all this activity was on the tarmac. He went out there and was completely astonished at what he found. And he was told by a dozen federal contractors who were there with the 142 migrants, illegal migrants that they'd brought in, um, that, that they weren't allowed to show their IDs to him. He asked for their IDs and he said to them, well, I can stop you leaving this airport. Uh, you know, I'm supposed to be in charge of security on this airport and the TSA has certain rules about how many people are allowed onto the tarmac and you're breaking them all. This goes against all our security uh, rules. He got them to show him their IDs and they told him where they were from. There were bus drivers there. They had all been sitting around waiting for about six hours because this is such a shambolic operation that they didn't even call the bus drivers until over an hour after the plane had arrived at Westchester. Um, this is going on every night and it was only after our story um in october uh ran that they stopped uh, most of those flights coming into westchester i'm told and it's only because rob astorino who's the former uh, westchester county executive and a, a candidate for uh, the governorship in new york uh, he's one of the only republicans who cares about this he got this footage this body cam footage from this Westchester cop under Freedom of Information uh, and he's provided it to me. And it is really damning. If you watch the entire video, you can see how the federal government is doing this in secrecy. They have federal contractors who have been sworn to secrecy. They have contractors in the bus companies who aren't even told their destinations until they're behind the wheel and ready to go. It is an absolute scandal and it's disgraceful that the Republican Party isn't screaming blue murder about what the Democrats are doing. Well, Miranda, we're trying to get the word out. We appreciate you bringing all this uh, expertise and background to the conversation. We're speaking to Miranda Devine. She's the author of Laptop from Hell. I come from a CIA background, Miranda, so I have some idea of how the government secret world works. And when I'm reading all this and I see your reporting on it and all of this, what looks almost like cloak and dagger stuff. Oh, we won't show the IDs and we're not told people involved in this aren't told where they're even going. What possible justification does the government have for this? I mean, this isn't the way, you know, this isn't the way that government operations in a whole range of other areas are, are conducted. So why aren't they saying, why aren't they telling people, oh, it's great, we're doing these fantastic uh, migrant flights? I mean, what's the, what's the justification for the secrecy? Do we have any idea about that? Well, it's interesting you ask that question because that is the exact question that this um, valiant Westchester County police officer asked the federal contractors, and it's all recorded on his body cam video. And he says, 
you know, why? Do you know why the secrecy? What's the big secret? And the federal contractor who's from this company called MVM Inc., which used to, quite a controversial company, which used to work for the federal government in Iraq, used to work for the CIA in Iraq. Now they're working for the federal government. They just signed a $136 million contract to transport illegal aliens around the country from the southern border. This federal contractor from MVM replies to the cop who is asking why the secrecy. He says, you know why, look who's in office. That's why, come on. And then he continues, you know why, because if this gets out, the government is betraying the American people. Everyone involved in this clandestine operation knows that the reason for the secrecy is because Americans don't want this. They don't want their borders to be erased. No sovereign country can have its borders erased. You have Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Anthony Blinken all jumping up and down about Ukraine's border, the seat, the sacrosanct Ukraine's sovereignty, and they're sending American soldiers over to Europe to protect Ukrainian sovereignty, Ukrainians' borders, while at the same time, they are actually facilitating the invasion across America's border. There's, that is not hyperbole to say that. That is exactly what is happening. And that is why they are keeping it secret from the American people, because, of course, nobody wants their country to be invaded by illegal migrants. You're talking about last year, two million illegal migrants that the government is admitting came across the border. If it doesn't accelerate, which I'm sure it will, you're talking about eight million by the time Joe Biden's out of office minimum. That is another New York City. That is four Chicago's. That is something that does irrevocable harm to the country and it is something that is aided and abetted by, it has to be said, Republican donors who want cheap labour. Maybe that is why the Republican Party is so silent on this matter and only a few of our elected representatives on the Republican Party are actually speaking up about this, including Rob Astorino, who I have to say, you, you have to give him credit for getting this information and staying on it doggedly. Miranda, fantastic stuff, as always. Laptop from Hell is the book, and people can read your work at the New York Post. We will share this article from the Clay and Buck Twitter account as well. Thank you for making the time today. Thanks so much, Clay and Buck. We know you love freedom and wanted to defend it, so do our friends at Hillsdale College. College has been explaining, defending, and showcasing the brilliance of our Constitution for as long as anyone can remember. Hillsdale's known to be the best liberal arts college in America. Their mission at Hillsdale is to pursue truth and defend liberty. It's been that way since they established the school in the 1860s. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and they're working to make the education available to all from offering free online courses to help support great K through 12 schools. Buck Hillsdale's doing incredible work and we can help our audience become aware of all the great content they're providing. They actually have this amazing digest of Liberty called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free each month. It's a great digest. It's short, it's concise and includes words spoken in defense of our freedoms. 
And it's free, no strings attached. Generous donors who love freedom and this country make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for free. Sign up for free right now. Just go to this website, Clay and Buck for Hillsdale.com. That's Clay and Buck for Hillsdale.com. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast, Thursday edition here. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. Miranda Devine was awesome in the first hour of the program. You can also check out all of our interviews at clayandbuck.com if you're worried about whether they might get pulled off YouTube, which is a valid concern considering our Rand Paul interview got pulled last week. We bring in now, I'm hoping that I can go third time's the charm and nail the pronunciation of her name. And I'm actually curious what percentage of people do nail the pronunciation of her name. Jedediah Bila joins us now. I absolutely love your Twitter feed, Jedediah. Did I get that right? What percentage of people correctly pronounce your name? So you got it right. And what's really interesting are the people who get the Jedediah right. And then I get Bila. It's yeah. like, oh, wow, you were so <laughs> close. You got Jedediah, and then you just, things just went bad. So you got it right. I thought you got it right last time, but. I think I, I did, and then I bailed. But I love your Twitter feed. I encourage people to go <laughs> follow you. And Buck and I yeah. were actually talking about a conversation when we were getting you booked, and he was pointing out, hey, initially, uh, you're a, you, you've got a young child. You've got, you're a mom, like so many of the people that are listening out there. And initially when COVID happened, your response was, okay, I'm going to mask up. I'm going to follow all of the rules. When was the time for you where you started looking at the data yourself and saying, wait a minute, this is not adding up. Do you remember a particular time or place when you started to question what you were being told by Fauci and the CDC and other quote unquote experts? And, you know, you're right. And Buck is right as well that I, I did follow everything in the beginning. I had the four and a half month old baby and we had no data. Not only did we have no data at that time, but as far as we knew, there were no treatments. Of course, now we have a lot of information on treatment suppression that was going on and all sorts of shenanigans. But at the time, it was like, stay home. And uh, if you get really, really sick, go to the hospital, which sounded terrible to me. So I was worried. It took me a few months, honestly. It really started when I saw that schools were very able to safely open and were being closed well beyond the point where it made any sense. Having been in classrooms through flu seasons and having seen just what's possible, I was like, okay, this is a huge red flag. What is going on here? That was about, I would say, a few months in. Um, it really started for me when we started getting data on natural immunity, when we started getting data on risk to children, when you started realizing that something was going on here that had nothing to do with science and had nothing to do with health. And there was clearly a path forward toward controlling people, that they didn't care about anything. They didn't care about data. They didn't care about science. But they were trying to configure how can we scare people long enough that we can control their health decisions, that we can really make big impacts on what they do with their own lives and with their own family. So it did take me several months, but it started with kids because I had, you know, I had been in those classrooms and I was like, wait a minute, what exactly is going on here? Once you started seeing, you know, collusion between the CDC and the teachers unions, I mean, that really blew it up for me. It was well before the mandates came along. And, and Jenna, you were a teacher, not to interrupt Jenna, but you were a teacher for years, just so everyone knows. You, you know that yeah. world well. 
That's correct. I was in traditional classrooms for six years, uh, grade seven through senior, through college, actually, now that I think back, uh, through college seniors, and also in non-traditional settings, you know, with kids as young as two. So I really, you know, these issues of masking, I've been talking about this, and the reason my Twitter is so fired up is because I've had it. You know, we are doing enormous damage to children. I mean, not just in, you know, everyone's focusing on the masks on the kids' faces, which is horrific and looks like child abuse in many cases. But just having them being around adults that are masked all the time, you're now seeing speech delays in kids, developmental issues, social disorders, anxiety disorders. Of course, that's the only world some of these kids know, walking around with zombified, paranoid adults that are masked all the time. So I'm not doing that. Listen, I'm getting my kid. I'm not putting my kid in places where, where he's going to be surrounded by that. He is perfectly healthy. He was exposed to COVID. He didn't get so much as a sniffle. He was a healthy little boy. That was my paranoia at the time, but I was imposing on him, which luckily I got out of pretty quickly. But, you know, adults need to wake up and realize that some of the damage they're doing to kids is going to be long-lasting way beyond COVID. Way, way, way beyond COVID. We're speaking to Jedediah Bila. She's an author commentator, and you can check out her Locals account to subscribe to her commentary. Uh, Jedediah, it seems to me that we, we keep now getting – we have a phenomenon happening in this country where the mandate does not work as we have been told it would, and the answer – is more mandates. And, and I, I've been worried that this is where we were heading all along. You certainly see this with masking, where now they will only admit that masking is ineffective in order to get us to put N95 masks on people, including children now, despite the fact that Germany, going over a year back, started an N95 mandate. Only medical-grade masks, only N95s allowed in Germany. It did absolutely nothing to reduce cases or prevent the spread of the virus. How do we break this cycle. I mean, you're talking, I'm sure you have a lot of parents because this has been central to, you know, you and Carol Markowitz are two of the people I know best on the right who have kids who are in school who are saying this is completely insane. And I, I, I appreciate the use of the term child abuse. I think there is a mass systemic child abuse that's going on as a result of this. How do we break the cycle, though, of the only answer to failed mandates is more mandates? That is not going to break in certain places. And truthfully, I don't, I don't know how it's going to break because you realize the admissions that they would have to make at this point. I mean, you saw the CDC come out with that study verifying that, in fact, natural immunity was better than, than you know, vaccinated immunity through the Delta wave. That took some time. I wonder, you know, what happened there. Maybe enough people, you know, please, big pharma, they made enough money. So, you know, they were able to come out and tell the truth. We all know natural immunity for a long time couldn't be monetized. And that's why they weren't talking about it. It's not new. Natural immunity is not a new concept. Talk to any physician and they'll tell you it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. We know what this is. So I don't know because you would have to walk back massive destruction to businesses, massive destruction to cities, massive destruction to children. And then people would be looking and pointing blame where it's due. You know, so I don't know how those politicians, those bureaucrats are going to come in now and say, oh, by the way, we were wrong without people then voting them out of office and wanting them to pay consequences for what they've said and done. What I think is going to happen here, you're going to see, I mean, we're already seeing a massive split in the country. There's places you go and, and it just looks normal. I was in Florida and I was in Texas um, for a brief period of time in the last, you know, month and a half. You walk around there and it looks normal. You go to New York City and people look zombified. They're terrified. They're masked. They're afraid. They, you know, people won't walk into the nail salon without, oh, my God, is everyone vaccinated? Which makes no sense because we know the vaccinated also get and spread the disease. So I think you're going to have a bigger split. I think some of these cities 
that has instituted these dystopian nightmares are going to have to sink. And by sink, I don't mean where they are now. I mean really, really sink where people have completely fled, where their budgets are a disaster, where people you know, decide I'm not showing up to work anymore in these places. I'm going to get up and get out. Um, and, and I don't know, though, like a Biden administration, you know, look what's happened with all of the mandates that he's tried to institute. They're not going anywhere. They haven't gone anywhere. They're declared unconstitutional. Companies are walking them back. So honestly, I think there's just going to be, you know, in 2022, you're going to see a massive, you know, red wave. I think you're going to see Joe Biden having a huge problem if he does, in fact, decide to run for reelection. Um, and I think it's going to matter. It's going to come down to votes and people are just going to say enough. And I'll tell you what, you know, guys, oftentimes people will take a lot of garbage when it comes to themselves, but not when it comes to their children, not when it comes to their grandkids, not when it comes to their nieces and nephews. So I think they went too far. Places like New York City instituting a mandate on a five year old can't walk into a restaurant can't go to a birthday party if it's in a, a public indoor space. That was the moment that I think a lot of people, and I think Carol Markowitz is in that group, that they said, I'm getting up and I'm getting out. I'm done. I, I don't see how they walk back policies that have damaged people's children and their businesses, their livelihoods in such a way. I, I don't think they ever get a pass for that. Jedediah, I'm curious. You went on The View, and we had you on right after you went on The View, mm-hmm. and they cut you off, and they were like, oh, what you're saying is scary and unsafe, and, and this is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Has anyone at The View reached out to you no. now that the CDC essentially agrees with everything that you said on The View? And do you see in your life an awakening of other people to the data and what is actually transpiring, or is it causing those people in your experience to double down even more so on their inaccuracies rather than have to acknowledge that they were wrong? So I've heard nothing from the folks at The View. And what I was saying at the time, remember, was stuff that the CDC, some of it at least, had already been acknowledged, that vaccinated people get and spread the disease. That's why they had brought the masks in for vaccinated people again. I attested to natural immunity. I was basically left. You know, days later, I had heard that they had made a joke. Oh, her sky-high immunity. Yeah, well, guess what? It's still sky-high. It still hasn't budged. I didn't get sick again. I was right. And now the CDC, which, you know, the left loves, uh, you know, regardless as to what they say, well, they came up and even they had to back it up because at some point they just look ridiculous. I will say this. Yes, I know a lot of people who got the vaccines. They followed everything. They wore the masks, everything. And now they're like, you know what? I'm not getting the booster and no one's going to tell me to get the booster. I'm tired of being told what to do. I have members of my family that have you know, taken that stand. I know a lot of people who are liberal. Most of the people I know in New York City are liberal and, I ha- and they're and they're tired. My concern, of course, and I have this conversation with many of them, I say, listen, you're tired in New York City? That's great. Listen, I'm willing to welcome anyone into the Freedom Club who wants to be, you know, a delayed entry is still welcome. However, don't you dare go to Florida or Texas because I'm going to have one foot in both and vote for this nonsense that is decaying New York City because then you're going to have a problem with me because I'm tired of all this stuff and I'm tired of even liberals. They're suddenly awakened and it's like, wait a minute, this has gone too far. I don't want to be told what to do at this level. And then they go and vote for stuff, and you wind up with the same politicians in power in new places that are doing the same garbage that they were doing in these blue states that are sinking. So I do see an awakening. I have to say, I really do. Um, I think people have started to pay attention to the data. And I think also there's a lot of people who got vaccinated, got boosted, and then got COVID, 
And they're like, wait a minute, I have a sister-in-law who lost her job in a hospital because they were saying that she was unvaccinated and at a risk. And here I am, you know, triple vaccinated. And I, I got my husband sick and, and I spread it around. So what, what, what's really going on here? Um, and, and that is happening, I think, in, in a larger scale than people realize. And you're going to see it. You're going to see it. It's going to come through in people's votes. I'm telling you, it's going to come through um, because people feel played. Nobody, liberal, conservative, I don't care who you are. You don't like to feel played like that. You don't like to feel like somebody, you don't want to be puppeteered um, by anyone. So I have people all, all across the ideological spectrum that I've heard from, many of them parents, but some single that are like, wait a minute, I lost my job. I couldn't, you know, now I'm being told I have to get, I got vaccinated. I have to get boosted. And I had COVID after the vaccine. What is even going on? Um, and they've, you know, taken off their Fauci hats and they put them, put them aside and said, yeah, maybe I'm not so proud to be supporting this clown. And I don't use that word lightly, but I mean it. Jedediah, I've got three kids. I've said publicly on the show, I'm not getting them the COVID vaccine. I'm not anti-vax. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids got the measles, mumps, rubella, all that stuff. You've got a young kid. If someone tried to make you give him the COVID shot, your response as a mom would be what? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because I'm looking at the data. I'm looking at the data. It doesn't make sense. First of all, Hartley was exposed to COVID, as I said. In fact, he was exposed a number of times because you know how this works. You, you get a call from someone who suddenly has COVID and you were around them the week earlier. He's never had an issue. He's never, he was, he was in a one bedroom apartment. My four and a half month old was me and my husband. We both had it. I was symptomatic for a little over a week at least. My husband was symptomatic for a few days. He was laughing at the time I was wearing masks in the apartment, like an idiot, by the way, because, you know, that's what, what some of the experts, in quotes, were telling me. Wear a mask, but not when you're in the other room to sleep. Just when you're, I, I mean, the, the absurdity of the things that we listen to just in a state of fear is unbelievable. That's why I understand that head, because I had that head. And that now that I have a little distance, I'm embarrassed by some of the things that I did, even staying home from work so long. Just so stupid. Um, but, you know, you, you got to come back to reality when you come to it. But, but the bottom line is people are awake in ways that they've never been. And, and not only that, there's a lot of questions about big pharma now. There's a lot of questions about, you know, why is, what, what is this one size fits all? What, why are you treating my two-year-old, you know, who, who is not at risk for anything when it comes to COVID? He was exposed already the same as someone who hasn't been exposed and is 80 years old with four comorbidities. Why are they in the same group of people when it comes to an idiotic mandate out of a city that's being run into the ground like New York City? Jedediah, I don't want to get in the way of the fired-up mama bear right now, but we got (laughs) to leave it there this time. We'll have you back again soon to talk about this. Great stuff, though. Check out her Locals account. Jedediah, where do people go for that? Yeah, Bila.locals.com for uncensored content if you're worried about Big Brother Twitter snooping over your shoulder all the time. Thanks, Jedediah. Thanks so much. Thank you. You could be in line for some serious savings, folks, because there are still nearly 1.5 million homeowners out there who could save $400 a month by refinancing. You could be one of them. Now is the time to call American Financing for that free mortgage review we've been telling you about. That's right. There really is no better time to call since the Fed has signaled rates will likely rise in March. You really can't afford to miss out on these monthly savings. And you could be looking at a lot more if you choose American Financing, because they're known for saving customers up to $1,000 a month. For you, that could mean an extra $12,000 a year you have at the end of the year in your bank account. Think about what that kind of money can do. And I just closed a loan this week with American Financing myself. 
They are incredible when it comes to customer service. Great rates. So helpful. They are in this to get you the best possible loan. They make it seamless, Clay. How do our people get hooked up? It's easy. Call American Financing at 800-777-8109. Get your phones in your hand. Rates are about to go up. You could save up to $1,000 a month. That's $12,000 a year. All you need to do is call 800-777-8109. You can also visit AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS 182334, NMLS Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Pure Talk, the cell phone company we both rely on, is further investing in their customers without charging an extra penny. Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network. But now they're giving you coverage in more than 50 countries, too. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You keep your phone number and your phone unless you want to get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Up to you. Go to puretalk.com slash buck and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash buck, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can afford to travel this summer. 
Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We were just talking about, I feel like this show has been on like warp speed today. Like one minute, we we tipped it off. I hope that feels the way for the listeners too. Next minute, we're almost done with the show. I uh, encourage you to download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a minute. We're joined now by Raheem Kassam. Does fantastic work. You can find him on Twitter at Raheem Kassam. You can also read him at fundrealnews.com. And he's got a great piece up. Uh, it's in Newsweek, I believe, right now. Headline is, Why Do American Elites Want War in Ukraine? Uh, and uh, the argument basically here is, and, and, and I think it's really kind of a fascinating angle that you're, you're hitting here, Raheem, is basically as bad as things are in the United States on so many different fronts, and maybe we're seeing this a little bit with the Supreme Court uh, distraction, that the Biden administration needs a wag-the-dog-style theory to distract people from all the things that are going wrong domestically here in the country. Yeah, that's right. Um, thank you for having me to talk about this. I've, I've been trying to raise the alarm on this for some months now as I've started to see the foreign policy establishment and the foreign policy talking shops, the magazines, uh, the groups that get together here in Washington, D.C., start chuntering on about what are we going to do about Ukraine's border sovereignty? And my response to this has often been, what are you doing about America's border sovereignty? Because there are, you know, there are crises upon crises going on on the southern border, crises going on in people's communities, in their supermarkets, in their ordinary lives right now. And Joe Biden, of course, I mean, it only it only takes a cursory glance at the polling data, the approval data, and just talking to ordinary people every day to realize that the establishment now has in its mind the idea that it can change the narrative, the entire course of the Biden regime by taking the United States and its allies into a war over Ukraine's border sovereignty. What it also thinks is that, hey, we have problems at the moment. We have economic problems. We have a lot of things to sell to the American people in terms of uh, the inflationary data and where spending is going and build back better and all of this. And what better way to stimulate an economy and to stimulate a people by taking them into war? But the problem with those premises is that the American people, much like the rest of the Western world, are so tired of these wars and a war in Ukraine uh, against Russia, uh, backed by China, by the way, uh, would be another decades long incursion. People don't want it. And now, you know, you, you saw the whole, oh, we're going to be at war by Christmas. We weren't at war by Christmas. And now they're having to backtrack. Well, maybe by February, maybe by the end of February. You know, it's because it's risible on the face of it. And I want everybody out there, as much as you might care about the, uh, you know, the democratic integrity or the border integrity of somewhere like Ukraine, if you care at all, um, this is not the way to go about securing it. Raheem, it's Buck, my man. I, I, I want to know what you think, Putin, if we could just have you sit on the other side of the chessboard for a second, so to speak. What if he goes in? Do you think he's trying? First of all, do you think he's going to go in with something uh, serious on a military scale? And what is he trying to get out of this? So I told a friend of mine that works in the national security apparatus on Capitol Hill 
uh, about a month ago, I said that the, the thing that you guys are getting incorrect is that Putin doesn't want a prolonged 20-year war with NATO or even against Ukrainian troops, quite frankly. He's not stupid enough to do something like that. He knows that, and you get the, you get the counter-arguments, right, that say, yeah, but Putin needs the approval rating boost as well. Sure, you might get a temporary one from thumping your chest, but when this turns out to be a 10, 15 20-year excursion, suddenly those things don't matter and the legacy is destroyed as well. And if Putin cares about anything, it's legacy. So here's what he wants. He wants NATO to take its troops out of Ukraine and to return Ukraine to being the buffer state that it once was. Does he want to exercise influence over there? Of course, that's Russia's region, right? There's that meme you see that, you know, shows all the NATO bases and says, how dare Russia establish their country so close to our bases? Right. And and so you can understand that when you're surrounded like that, when you see the European Union and the State Department and all these and NATO sort of pushing further and further into Ukraine up to Russia's border, you can sort of understand that, hey, they might not like that. That might be something that they don't want. So that's his end goal. Push them out, change the change the old perspective of Eastern Europe uh, and allow Russia some breathing room. I don't particularly believe that he wants to enlarge or expand the Russian Federation territorially because I think he understands that it would be an ungovernable situation worried to try to take the parts of Ukraine that are very Ukrainian, the parts of Ukraine that don't feel Russian, that don't speak Russian, and that are predominantly more liberal and modern. Um, and they want to be part of, they want to be more part of Europe. So I don't think he wants that. Um, the, the, the part of this where I think you can actually have uh, some sense brought to the table here is for us to say, well, what's the end goal of all of this? Look at Afghanistan. What was the end uh, of, of everything in Afghanistan? Well, the Taliban's in power again, and now we have to talk to them on, on a diplomatic level. So after a 20-year war with Russia over Ukraine, what are you going to expect to happen here? You're going to have a status quo ante, and you're probably going to have to deal with Russia back to you know dipl- diplomacy as we have known it for the last 10, 20 years. Let's skip the war. Let's skip to the good part. And the good part is trying to bring Russia into the sphere of influence of the West to repel Chinese incursions into the Western world. That's, you know, that is the ideal thing. It will take 20 years itself to do, much like a war, but there will be less spending, less bloodshed, and a whole lot more goodwill afterwards. I know it's weird. I know it's a weird idea because we tend to, you know, just think about settling our disputes with troops and guns and bombs. But you can actually get this done with serious long-term diplomacy. Raheem, what's the time frame here? Uh, there's a lot of talk about the fact that there's all these troops on the border with Ukraine. And certainly we've had talking back and forth in terms of media questioning surrounding Ukraine for what feels like a month or more now. When is this going to be resolved one way or the other in your mind? Well, as I understand it now, there's a lot of nothing getting done, right? One side will say, well, the Russians will say, uh, we want everything out of Ukraine. And then NATO comes back and says, what are you talking about? That's obviously a non-starter. You know, we're not going to remove anything from Ukraine. Well, (laughs) you know, at that point, it's, it's just going to be a posturing exercise for the next probably three to six months. After that, um, I suspect within, within, either within the next three to six months or just after that, I suspect that Putin will look back at that, quote, minor incursions um, comment from Joe Biden last week, where he seemed to give away a little bit of the 
foreign policy apparatus's game here in Washington, D.C. The game being that they're not necessarily expecting a full-blown Russian invasion into Ukraine. What they're encouraging, and I really do mean encouraging, goading almost, is a small incursion into Ukraine uh, by Vladimir Putin and Russia in order then to provoke a full NATO response. That is the ideal situation from the warmongers in this. Uh, and I suspect that come three to six months time, Putin will look back at that, realize this has gone nowhere and go, well, all right, if, you know, if that's what they want, let's give them what they want. Let's see how it plays out. I think, unfortunately, that's a, that's a bad case scenario as far as I'm concerned. But that's the trajectory I think we're on right now. Raheem Kassam, everybody, go to fundrealnews.com to support the work that he's doing over at the National Pulse. And he is Raheem Kassam on Twitter. The Twitter game is strong with this one. Raheem, thanks for being here. Thank you. Not as strong as yours. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, look, you've heard the statistics on the inflation we're contending with. 7% over the last year. Never mind that our president politely dismisses this as a real issue. The highest inflation in 40 years' time has caused your savings account to be worth 7% less than a, than a year ago if all your savings is in cash. Many people have diversified some of their savings to deal with this with the purchase of gold. I mean real gold. And you can get it, and you should get it, from the Oxford Gold Group. They make it possible for me and many others like me to purchase gold easily. They'll also arrange for the delivery of that real gold to my home address. I've already got it stored away safely and securely and know that I'm actually diversifying and holding a store of value. If you think buying real gold is just for the few, it's not. You can buy gold at any quantity and make multiple purchases over the course of a year. You build up over time. My friends at the Oxford Gold Group are who you need to call. They'll explain all of it to you. You can have real gold delivered to your home or have real gold as part of your IRA. It is just a phone call away with the Oxford Gold Group. Think about that. 7% inflation a year, folks. Time to act is now. Call them at 833-404-GOLD and learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and delivered to your door. That's the Oxford Gold Group at 833-404-GOLD, 833-404-G-O-L-D. Have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. 